This week's episode of the Living Strong Podcast is brought to you by Canadian Protein. Are you guys tired of spending so much money on your supplements and not getting the best quality out there? Well, Canadian Protein has changed the game. They offer the best quality in supplements and in protein, all in bulk packaging and at a fraction of the price. I've been using their plant-based protein for months now. It's the best tasting protein I've ever had. They have so many different flavors and it's not at all chalky. If you guys want to get your hands on some Canadian protein supplements, head on over to canadianprotein.com and use code LIVINGSTRONGPOD at checkout for 10% off your first order. Welcome back to another episode of the Living Strong Podcast. Guys, this week I got a good friend of mine, Melanie Myrand, and she is a super athlete, as I like to call her. She's a, a runner, a marathoner, uh, and uh, also known as the fit bitch on Instagram. I love that uh, little name that she has for herself. So guys, it's an awesome podcast. She really goes in depth about how, what is elite running and the whole world behind it and uh, all the hard work that you have to put into it. So it's an awesome podcast for any out- runners out there that want to jump into that world. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome to the Living Strong Podcast. Join us every Thursday as we sit down and discuss with your everyday and professional athletes, trainers, and health and fitness experts. Our goal is to inspire and challenge you to become the best version of you that can be. Welcome back to another episode of the Living Strong Podcast. And today I got a good friend of mine, Melanie Miran. Uh, also known as the fifth bitch on Instagram, uh, sitting right next to me. So, Melanie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Anytime. So, uh, Melanie, talk to us a bit about yourself. Uh, who is Melanie? What, what do you do? Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm a nurse practitioner, and I'm also a runner. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, nurse, where, where's, where do you work? I work in a CLSC in St. Polycarp, so it's west of Montreal off the island. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I work in primary care, so in family medicine. So okay. uh, nurse practitioners are pretty new to Quebec, but we, um, we do have some different specialties. But I work in uh, primary care, so I take patients like a family physician would. Okay. Uh, so there's a lot of new rules and regulations, but uh, in general... Um, we do have some more independence than other nurses. So um, I did a master's to, well, to study that. And it was cool. good. It's good so far. Very I like cool. it a lot. Yeah. And how, <laughs> I know nurses' schedules are really hectic. How mm-hmm. do you juggle the training, which we're going to get into, and being a nurse? and all Because um, I have a friend that's a nurse, and like yeah. you, you have to make plans with her like a month ahead or something yeah. when she gets her schedule. Yeah, so it's yeah, crazy. yeah. Um, definitely, uh, it can be challenging. I do work in a nine to five type okay. job right now. Okay. I used to work in the ICU um, general in okay. Montreal. So then I would work fifty uh, percent days, fifty percent nights, yeah. and like sometimes you're you're working two days off, two days on because they're twelve hour days. Yeah. So back then I still ran uh, back when I worked in the hospital, but when I went back to school, one of the the reasons why uh, definitely was for a bit of a schedule Sergio, change. Okay, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Better quality of life. Yeah, it is tough, it, and tough I hats sure. off to people that work shift work. It's it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Melanie is uh, a runner and not just any type of runner. She's a really, really, really good runner. Um, I got to uh, meet Melanie through a Lululemon uh, event, well, event, not event, uh, photo shoot that we did. It was really cool. It was, for me, it was a last minute thing that they called me up and asked me to go and do a photo shoot with them. And it was really cold that morning, oh, but yes. we had some awesome shots. Uh, so, 
uh, and that's how we became friends, Instagram and all that. So it was really cool to, to meet her through that. I was also already knew a bit about her through the running community, but we're going to get into that as well. So what got you into running outside of any other sports? What, what made you fall in love with running? Um, well, uh, when I was in elementary school, our phys ed teacher at the time, Sylvie, she had, um, we were with the GMAA okay. and, uh, we, we, uh, we had the halo race every year on the mountain. So she had us train on our lunch break. Basically we just run one lap around the school in grade yeah. four, grade five would be two laps and grade six is, and we do cross country. So basically I fell in love with running because at these races, I, I was relatively good. You can say like I came in the top the top set I was seventh the first year I did it then the second year we did 2k I came second so sometimes running finds you often yeah. so if you are technically like good at something quote unquote you you end up kind of liking it yeah, that's what sure. kind of happens so, so from a young age so from a young age I, I definitely guess I knew how to push my body okay. um, and I was always in sports anyways so I guess I my cardiovascular system was well developed and when it came down to these races, I, it's funny when you watch those races, I didn't have any good form or anything. I didn't naturally look like a good runner, but definitely there was something in me that wanted to push For hard sure. and try to win these races. So then when it came to high school, I joined the, the, yeah, the cross country team and then I joined the club. Um, Cause basically in Quebec um, at the time, the universe, the, the high school clubs weren't, the high school teams weren't that strong. So often you would, you would join a club outside of your, yeah. your high school. So I trained with uh, McGill Olympic Club at the time with uh, a coach named Sandy Spence. And then from there, that's when my passion for it really, really grew. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And um, so I'm guessing when you joined that club, that's when you started running more marathons and all that? Or was it When still... I joined that club, I was really young. I was about 13. Okay, so then so 14, 15, I got very serious. And yeah. yeah, at those ages, usually you're focusing on anywhere between 1,200 meters to 3,000 meters yeah. kind of thing, or 800 to, to 3,000. So I, um, yeah, I just uh, focused on that. I only really, I only ran a marathon in 2014. That was wow. the first time I ran a marathon. Wow. Yeah, so I really focused on shorter, really focused shorter, shorter distances. Shorter distance. In university, I was always on the varsity teams. When I did my bachelor, I, I was on the, the varsity team at McGill. When I was at, uh, when I did my master's, I also went back and, and cool. did that. So there were many years where I wasn't competitive, but there were years whenever I had the opportunity to be competitive again, I'd go back and run with the varsity team. Yeah. Being part of a team was always really fun for me. For sure. Mm -hmm. It really also helps with the motivation and everything to the other team for sure. back you, right? Yeah. And uh, so now that you mentioned that you did, you, 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 as a younger, uh, you, when you were younger, you're specializing in shorter distances and all that. What do you prefer? What do you prefer training for? So oh, for me, definitely the longer distances. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like I definitely am a natural. I've always kind of uh, been better at the longer distances. And you see that even like, I guess, like in grade four, we did 1K. And just one year later, uh, we did 2K. And I... I yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I was second versus seventh, and it sounds silly, but I really do think I, I perform better in the endurance events versus the shorter events. Okay. And even when I was younger, like an eight hundred, I definitely didn't have the same ability as I would in the three thousand. And I always did really, um, I really did veer towards like whenever we had a workout and we had like tempo-ish style workouts or longer intervals. I would always excel more at those workouts in the short quick ones so okay. definitely i seem to like the longer 
uh, endurance type workouts mm. and their core races. And so. what what was the longest you ever run? A marathon or have you done any? Ultras? Oh yeah, marathon is the longest. Yeah. Probably the longest I'll ever do. No, no ultras. <laughs> no, okay. no, not. I'm not that interested. Not that interested. Not yet. Anyway, not that long. <laughs> you have a you have a yeah. cutoff point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The marathon is crazy enough. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I could just imagine. Well, I haven't run one yet, so I can't, yeah. I can't talk. But yeah, it's coming up. I'm planning. Good. Um, so I also know now you're for, for your for your elite training and all that, you're doing also uh, cross, uh, not CrossFit, but uh, cross training and all that. So what do you find, what do you find uh, is, uh, first of start with this, what do you find is the benefit of adding that kind of work, strength workouts to just a running? The, uh, I, I do, running back on, I right? do so, go to uh, the gym twice a week to do some strength training. And I do find it does help with, with strength and mobility. Yeah. Um, I think it's good for injury prevention. Um, it brings you strength and power um, that running can't, can't really bring you. Sure. And uh, definitely, I do think it's, it's a valuable part of, of yeah. training. And if you have some time, it doesn't have to be long, but just 20 minutes twice a week can, yeah. can definitely make a difference in terms of injury prevention. I think it's, sure. it's huge. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, to, to, to jump on that is if you weren't uh, a runner, if you were never introduced to that, would mm -hmm. you still consider yourself the fit bitch that you are today? Like, would you be that 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 much into your uh, your health and your endurance and all that or would you have thought of like fuck off? yeah it's hard to say i'm not sure if uh because like running is really it's not it's, it's, it's definitely a big part, part of my of identity. exactly that's what i'm saying it definitely so. is like whether i like it or not it's really shaped the person that i am yeah uh, i've been doing it since i'm 30 i'm 34 years old now and i started when i was i started becoming very serious about it when i was 14 so yeah so for a good 20, 20 years, years so yeah. it definitely shaped my life even though there were times where um, I decided not to be competitive because yeah. as a younger runner, I was, I didn't really know my own limits. So I pushed it too hard. And then I did have a little burnout at one point when I was very young, 14, 15, around 16 years old, I took a break. Um, but I always wanted to run again. Like I always yeah. came back to running, running always came back to me. It's something I always wanted to do, even if it wasn't for uh, competitive reasons, just to go out and run an hour a day is something well, it's like that a I, meditation for you right, right? So I, I always tell people that for me to be happy running an hour a day will make me happy anything more than that is for performance so uh when i go out and run 90 minutes in the mornings or in the evenings after work or uh when i do my long runs that are two and a half hour run, long, two and a half hours long i like them but to be happy i don't need to run that, that much. much at that yeah. point it's really for performance i would say yeah for sure so, and, and I'm guessing for you, like you just mentioned, because I was going to ask you, what do you enjoy about running? But you just said it's, it makes you happy. So that's, that's the, your number one thing, right? <laughs> yeah, you go definitely. outside, you want to get, you're having a shitty day while well, you're mm -hmm. going to go for the hour run. It's going to make you yeah. feel better. And even when I wasn't competitive and working like the shift work as a nurse, just, you know, I would always, I would always like it love, love running as a lifestyle. Yeah, I definitely for sure. Agree. So even when you're not competitive, like. I would always know when I was going to run that day. So it would be either before my shift started, if I was doing a night shift, or it would be uh, when I got home after a 12-hour shift, or even wow. on my lunch break, if I could get it in. So there was always, I always planned it. It's like brushing my teeth. Like, yeah. I have to do it every day in order just to feel, feel so good. So you yeah. do run every day. You don't have any... I do have off days. Off yeah, days, scheduled yeah. off days. Scheduled off days. Mm -hmm. But on those off days, are you active, or are you just really taking it back, having a glass of wine. And yeah, enjoy. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I do, I okay, do enjoy good. myself. Good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's good to yeah. know. And uh, so how, the question I always ask uh, the guests is, how do they find their, 
their athleticism and their their healthy lifestyle and their their sport and all this helps them with everyday challenges. So how do you find that running every day and being healthy and being fit helps you with uh, being a nurse always on your feet, being mm. uh, uh, the busy person that you are running back? Like, how do you find that it helps you with, with these everyday challenges? Well, there's I think there's several things. Just the um, well, running in general, even if you don't do it competitively, it does give you energy. So when you work out, you think that it'll take away energy, but it actually gives you energy in the no, day to sure. be more, um, to just to have more energy to deal with uh, and to have a clear mind. Uh, but in general, I do find that uh, just being, taking it to the next level and being competitive about it, um, definitely you go through highs and lows, you go through yeah. failures and successes. So just going through the highs and lows of running also allows you, gives you tools for your toolbox to deal with highs and lows in life. So you'll go through challenges in life just like you do in running. And if you've had to deal with challenges of failure or success before and what that brings you, uh, then you can use it going forward in life. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I find like uh, for myself, I, I haven't, I've always ran, well, three years ago I started running because of my, my whole life change and health change. And mm -hmm. just recently I started adding longer distances to my runs. Mm -hmm. And uh, I find that when I do those longer distances, I'm not running super fast. I'm just going out to get it, not to get it done, but I find it really like a meditative mm -hmm. meditation for me. Like the other day I did, um, I don't know, what was it? Like uh, 13 miles or mm -hmm. something. So I just went out and I was running probably like at seven minutes a kilometer or something, mm -hmm. like really, really slow. Like it wasn't, I wasn't going to go for a performance. I was just no. going to get it done. Mm -hmm. it took me like two hours and a half. I didn't mm -hmm. care. But after that, I felt like, wow, I, I felt so at ease. Mm -hmm. Like something could, uh, a person could have told me, uh, you have this bill, that bill, whatever, come mm -hmm. through it. And okay, yeah, fine, no problem. I was mm -hmm. so like, so Zen. And I find mm -hmm. that with running that gives me that zenness it calms me down mm -hmm. and when i go into my my gym at home and I, I i do a crazy workout i just get more energized so i find that mm -hmm. you have that that balance of both so if you could integrate the running and the workout mm -hmm. to calm yourself down and to give yourself mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. for me i don't know if you find mm -hmm. the same way as well yeah well every every run that you do has a purpose yeah. your easy runs can be for that reason yeah. it could be to go out and have a meditative type experience where you know you're relaxed and you're just enjoying the motion of running. Um, but then when you have a workout, like for for me, I usually have three workouts a week. So Mondays will be like a tempo style half marathon okay. or marathon pace type workout. So there you have to approach it not not very aggressively, but aggressive enough in that you're trying to achieve a certain pace and a certain effort. Yeah. Uh, same thing on Wednesdays, we do interval training on the track often, or it'll be faster stuff on the road. And there you do need to be like exerting yourself to, to a different level. Uh, so all of that definitely, um, like you said, it'll, it'll, sometimes it'll energize you yeah. more. Like some of those workouts, if I do them in the evening, it's hard to fall asleep for right sure, after. For sure. Whereas if you just on an easy run, you could probably fall asleep quite yeah. easily yeah. after. So yeah, every, every run has its purpose and going out hard all the time definitely isn't the way to go. So yeah. having those easy runs, uh, a lot of people believe in polarized training. So run, running your easy runs very easy and then your hard workouts, you do them very hard. hard yeah. So yeah. Uh, did a bit of, a bit, a bit of both is really important. For sure. Yeah. So what is uh, a week then in the life of an elite athlete like yourself? How does that look? Uh, like, so you just mentioned you have three heavy running workouts mm -hmm. and uh, you said before the, the show you that you're going into, uh, to the gym for strength training today. So how mm -hmm. does that, how does that all combine? Like how many times are you actually working out during the week and how do you split it up with your, your work schedule and all that? 
It depends on where I am in terms of my training cycle. Yeah. So right now I'm, I'm, I, uh, I just, I ran a marathon at the end of August, at the end of September. Yeah. So I basically take a good week after, off completely after a marathon, then another three weeks of just easy running, okay. really easy, like an hour, just, yeah. just, just to enjoy to, running yeah. for a good three weeks. So it's really a month of, of, of recovery. And then in that process, you lose fitness. Definitely yeah, sure. you're not training at the same intensity. And then it takes me another good, I, I would say to fully recover properly and it takes a good six weeks and then I can finally, I feel good again to start workouts, but then I've lost fitness. So then it's just trying to get that fitness exactly. back and that's part of the process. Uh, the fitness really ebb and flows all the time. It comes back and, and leaves you. But um, basically, depending on where I am, where I am in the training cycle, but if I'm training for a really, for a marathon, basically, and I'm in my peak weeks, sometimes you're running like basically 150 to 180 kilometers a week. So yeah, sometimes you're crazy. running twice a day a lot. And what I do, I do train, I do work. Uh, I had decreased my hours. Like right now I'm back full time, but I had decreased my hours to three days a week instead of uh, four. Uh, nurse practitioners work four days a week, 35 hours a week. Yeah. It's considered full time for us. So um, basically like now I'm up, I'm off on Mondays, but I work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays. So basically I'll usually do a run when I get home from work, I don't have kids. So it's, yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. But a lot of like, let's say moms might go out right before they yeah. before they work to, to try to get it in. But generally I just do it after work and then, uh, yeah, I get my work in. And then, and when I have to start putting a lot of miles in, like I have a coach, so he gives me a plan. And when I have to start running and it's impossible when I have to start running those 150 K weeks and I start to do doubles so I'll yeah. run twice a day. Whoa. So I run anywhere like between six days to, uh, 10 days, 10 times, ten times a week. A week yeah. yeah. Six, six to 10 times a week, well, depending. Yeah. And your nutrition must be on point on, on for that as well. Right. Pretty so, much. Yeah. So I definitely you... eat a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, do you have, do you follow a certain plan or are you just doing the nutrition on your, on yourself? I do it on my own. I, yeah. I eat three meals a day. I eat pretty normally. I would say yeah. I try to get all the major nutrients in. lots of try to get protein in every meal try to get some good fats every meal like whole grains if i can sure. i do eat white rice and white pasta yeah like it's fine uh it's just about getting in yeah. the, the right nutrition lots of fruits awesome vegetables i do eat dessert like every day yeah. so i have so wine what, on weekends yeah, that's what's cool of like so. what i love when i love when, I, when i'm interviewing someone all, all these elite athletes and everything and then they start talking about yeah i drink I do this. <laughs> and i'm like you know what that's awesome because well, you compete at such a, a high level yeah but yet you're we all are human, right? We all want to enjoy our life. We don't want to just, okay, my life is just to become an elite runner or mm -hmm. an elite power lifter or an elite uh, OCR racer. I do want to enjoy my life mm -hmm. because what I find for sure is that if you, it's like putting all your eggs in one basket, right? Mm -hmm. If you put all your eggs in one basket, becoming an elite runner, well, then you're missing out on so much on, mm -hmm. on, on life. And I see it through your Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. You go out to your friends, you mm -hmm. go to parties. It's not just mm -hmm. you're running shoes, a lap or this or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, and then yeah. you have see the people that are doing that. You, you wonder, like, are they really enjoying themselves or are they mm -hmm. just really strict on it? And I find mm -hmm. that if you're not enjoying it, then why do it? Right? Mm -hmm. You have to enjoy your life. As well, as yeah, there's there's moments where you need to be strict yeah, with yourself. Exactly, and, 100%. And there's moments where you can, you know, there's off season for a reason. Exactly. So you can, exactly. You can definitely enjoy yourself yeah. more at those times. Yeah. And uh, so, what, what, what did your 2019 race? Uh, schedule look like 
So my big race is for 2019. Uh, I went to Rotterdam. I did the marathon over there. Yeah. I ran to 3320. Um, so that was my personal best and still is my personal best today. And that qualified me. The standard for the world championships in Doha was 237. And um, so, so basically that qualified, that qualified me for uh, the world championships. I was ranked, I forget where I was in terms of the other Canadians. There were some Canadians that decided not to go to the world championships. Some of them are, some Canadian women were being strategic in that they want to choose a marathon that would qualify them for Tokyo. Okay. Uh, because the, the standard for Tokyo is 229.30. Yeah. Um, so Doha is very hot. It's yeah. desert. It's basically an island off of Saudi Arabia. And uh, it's uh, it was very hot. So definitely you wouldn't have been able to. It would be very hard to achieve the 229.30. Yeah. No one actually did. But if you came top 10, that would often that would also qualify you for, for, for uh, Tokyo, which I didn't do. But uh, the other Canadian, uh, Lindsay Tessier, did. So there was uh, that option as well. So um, I decided like if I get if I get accepted or if I get selected I will say yes for yeah. me uh, making a world championship has been one of my goals uh, over the last since 2016 after I finished my master's when I decided to go back to work part-time one of my big goals was to make a major championship which would have been like either a world championship or or Tokyo okay. so I couldn't say no to that that opportunity. So I went, and it was definitely uh, it was definitely an experience. So those were my two big races: the Rotterdam and uh, and Doha World and, Championships. And those so those are two races. But do you do any other races throughout your schedule as training races? Or I do. I did. Um, I did a half marathon in Miami. Oh, nice. um, that was fun. Yeah. I won that one. <laughs> I didn't even know I was winning. Uh, that was funny because the marathoners and the half marathoners run the same, same time, time. Okay. so I did that right before I did one the thing the thing about marathoning and, and for me is that I do find that um, I personally can't race as much uh, when I do marathons because I I really put a lot of my my work into my workouts yeah so sure. I find sometimes racing you want to taper a little bit so you feel fresh and then yeah. you want to recover from the race and that takes away from some of the marathon training so and I do love racing, but not as much as some people do. So it's it works well for me and my personality. So mm. uh, I don't do a ton of races. I did that half marathon. I did a 15K. I did a 5K, Canadian Championships, and then the two marathons. And I think that might have been it. Oh. Not many. Not many? That's crazy. That's yeah, cool. Well, it's still not many, but it's still a lot. Yeah. Many. A lot of traveling, that's for sure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So yeah. That, that must be something that you also enjoy about the, the whole being running and all that it's not mm -hmm. that traveling that you did because when you went to Doha you did also you were like gone for like what like yeah a for a month I went yeah. to St. Moritz uh in uh Switzerland it was beautiful definitely the, the most beautiful running destination I've for been sure. to yet uh it was just a runner's paradise in terms of uh just scenery and uh just a location of everything like you didn't need a car obviously no. you just you you had like a beautiful lake to run around every day there were trails there was a track right outside your apartment so it was perfect um it's expensive obviously yeah. but because uh, it's switzerland but other than that it was really nice and i wish i just had it was basically like that lined up kind of into my taper so i didn't have some long long runs yeah. i did but only a couple I and i wish how, i had how, more how, mileage how, to yeah do exactly there. how did you keep it in like yeah like, i, I just like, i know this. Well, i wanted to run even more because sometimes <laughs> i was limited i could only do like my 90 like i wasn't doing like 
like the weeks before that, before going there, I was doing a lot, a lot of mileage and this was already into the taper a little bit. So what I would have liked to do is like take a train, just one city out and run in, to yeah. like, run back to St. Moritz. And that's what some of the race walkers did. Actually, they would do that a lot. But uh, anyways, you stick to your plan yeah, because your obviously. goal is, yeah. is that, but it was wonderful to go there. And then we went to Barcelona just for a little bit of heat adaptation. Okay. And then we, uh, we went over to Doha, which was a shock just getting off the plane. And like yeah, I was wearing yeah. sunglasses and they just fogged up right away. And I was wow. like, oh, I have to run a marathon in this. How am I yeah. going to do that? It so, was overwhelming. Yeah. For sure, and how how did how did that race go for you? What, what were the emotions in that race? Um, definitely, it was it was it was it was definitely an amazing experience. That I'm really happy that I I did it. Uh, just lining up with all these women who are some of the best runners in the world, and you're only 68 women on the start line, and uh, you're you're running like along the Corniche the the Corniche in in Doha on this strip. It's like a 7k. It was a 7K uh, loop, basically, um, along the Corniche, like just along the water, and uh, it was insane. And then just just being there and, and the energy and just seeing everyone from different countries, and it was definitely, uh, it was a really wild experience, and just, it was at midnight, so that made it yeah, different, so we adjusted all of our, our meals to that, and then, and just our, our sleep schedule. And then the, the race itself, it was definitely a different type of race than any other marathon I've done. Besides my first, my first, the, this one and my first one were kind of, were kind of similar in that it was, it was warm. So I did heat adjust or I tried to to the best of my ability. So what I did was um, I did adjust my pace to about 10 seconds slower per kilometer than what I would usually go out at in a marathon and that still wasn't enough I think I would have had adjusted even more because I did really blow up in the last 14k yeah. I was running almost my easy jog pace because it was just so it, it just really hit me like a wall at one point and it was just it was just crazy how so many women I was just passing women so early on in the race usually in the marathon you start passing people like halfway through yeah. or at 30k then a lot of people either you're passing a lot of people or they're, they're passing, passing you, you. Yeah, so exactly. generally like that's what goes on but not at 5k so people were just not they were just dropping like flies really early wow. on at one point right before the halfway mark I caught up to finally a group of women and uh, they were slowing and then I was like well just stay with them it's a group to work with and then that group just fizzled out so quickly just because everyone was just dropping like flies. So out of uh, 68 women, um, 28 women dropped out. Wow. So 40 people finished. I was 27th. So, uh, so really I'm cool. happy with that I did it. I'm happy with my race. The fact that I blew up so so much at the end, it's hard to come back and feel like I gauged that well. Like I should have been able – but it's, it's, it's hard to know how, how much to adjust your pace. Yeah. Uh, in these conditions definitely uh if i could do it again i would have yeah, i, I would have started off even you, yeah. slower would, i would have started even slower and if you have ever have that opportunity to do it again would you oh, of course yeah yeah, yeah yeah definitely um it's fun to sometimes it's fun to have something like that like an element like heat um it kind of levels a playing field because some of the fastest women didn't finish or they went out too hard and yeah. and they and they literally like were passed out on the side like it was really crazy to see some of them yeah and, and they were just that's defeated. also a place where, you, where you're, you're great too right yeah where, like when you see other people that are yeah, that are you know how fast this. they are and they're basically on the side of the uh, road yeah definitely it plays with you mentally but um 
it does level the playing field. It allowed uh, Athletics Canada really did a really good job of organizing stuff for us. Like we had we had uh, cooling vests. We had Trent, who's a physiologist, and uh, he was basically um, helping us like heat adjust uh, our paces and our fueling and all kinds of stuff right before the race to to to, to allow us to perform yeah, at our sure. best. Whereas other countries, they might not have that that science behind them. Exactly. So some of them are just like arranging their bottles on the bus, and us yeah. all in a cooler ready for us. We have like like two bottles, like, and then like, like we have towels to put around our neck for when we come through, like you would never think about doing that kind of stuff in the usual marathon, but the marathon itself is really well organized. And I would, I would do it again. If it was hot, I would just, I would learn my lesson and just run my own race, which I think I did, but I still think I tried to stay up with maybe some people that I should have just backed off, but it's, it just got really hard really quickly. Uh, usually the marathon you're supposed to still feel like you're in a good place at least halfway through yeah. and it was just getting really hard really soon so then I did back off and you could see it the first 10k I was running the pace that I had set out at and then it was just slow slow decline mm. and then you could see where I hit the wall and it was just really like oh sure. yeah it's an experience and uh, sure. just getting through it is uh, is something and hopefully it'll It'll make me stronger for yeah. my next one. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I saw on your Instagram, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, that you got an award for... Oh, yes. So that was, was Roadrunner of the Year okay. from the Federation, uh, the FQA, the Fédération Québécoise okay. d'Athlétisme. Cool. So they have uh, different... Uh, different awards for, for different distances and for different age groups. So for the road runners of the year, myself and my, my teammate, Francois Jarry, yeah. uh, we both won. And then my coach won international coach of the year. Wow. So, yeah. That's really yeah, cool. Our team came back. My, my teach, my team is athletism of the running yeah. EM. We trained downtown. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, that's really cool. Yeah, it was pretty Congrats successful. Congrats to, to all of you guys yeah, out there. Man, that's you. amazing. <laughs> and uh, is, is that a, an organization that uh, you're part of or is it just an organization that chooses you guys? How does that work? Um, the federation is basically like the federation for athletics. So they, um, our federation basically uh, provides us with... Um, with uh, they, they do provide elites with extra funding sometimes, okay. so you get elite so, funding. Yeah, uh, to help out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the federation action. like basically has uh, training for coaches, training okay. for yeah, cool. they organize races uh, for the provincial the provincial races. So it's uh, it's definitely something that most clubs are affiliated with the federation. So uh, okay, so to, to become part of the federation, you have to be part of a club that's affiliated. I understand. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, so where am I here? Um, twenty twenty now. It's coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So how does the the year look out for you? What are are you planned yet? Your races? Are you still taking it easy, relaxing? I have them all planned. So oh, nice. like now the now we're we're getting I'm getting back in in shape. I'm getting back into my hopefully. I'll be fit again by my next race, but we'll see. You are fit. (laughs) Fit in my my definition of fitness. Uh, Yeah, it has to do with, uh, yeah, uh, it's definitely, uh, definitely, um, it has to do with my my results. So we'll see like how, how, what I could do this January. I'm going to do the Houston half marathon. Uh, That's January 19th, I think. So it's in two months exactly. So we'll see what I can do there. And then, but that I think is just, I definitely want to run a PB in the half marathon because my PB in the half marathon is actually um, during my marathon. So I still haven't like ran just a half and PB in a long time. I PB during my marathon. So I'm definitely due 
for a good half. It's just, I don't know if I'll get to the fitness I want to be in at that, at that time. time. We'll yeah. see. Uh, but definitely it's just something to, to put on the calendar to train true, true, towards. Yeah. And the big one is definitely, I'm going to, I will do a Rotterdam again. Okay. Uh, Rotterdam is in April. So, um, the reason why I chose Rotterdam again is because I, I do want to try to get the Olympic standard, which is 229.30. Yeah. It will be a four minute personal best. So it is a big chunk to take off, but people assure me that it is realistic and it's doable. So I, I'm going to try. I have the motivation to do it. So let's try. We'll exactly. see how training goes. And if during the race I need to readjust, I'll readjust. But in general, I definitely want to try to go for it. And if you look at the the people that ran last year at Rotterdam and I, I was there, there were a lot of people that ran around 229, 229.30. So if we get the same field of people, I'll definitely have a group to run with. with. Sometimes yeah. you find yourself in no man's land, like in London, it would have been a nice idea. It would have been a nice race to do, but unfortunately there was like a big gap between like 227 and 230. So yeah. I don't want to find myself in no man's land for too long. So in Rotterdam, it's just, it's a really good race. It's flat. It's usually it's good conditions. Last year was a bit warm, but it was like 12 degrees all week. And then the day of our race, it was like 18. And we're just like, oh, like it still sounds like good conditions. Yeah. And it is, but generally like you really want to have that 12 degree 10 degree yeah, exactly. weather for a marathon yeah. so we were kind of like god damn just bad luck on that day but it still they're wasn't still it was still fine yeah. and they they really do a good job of uh, everyone is really uh proud and they uh, they come out to cheer so there's nine hundred thousand people That's from nice. uh yeah from rotterdam and that come out to cheer like the locals come out so it's really it's a fun race so i definitely am going to do that again and cool even though it's the same one I did last year, I'm happy. I'm really happy to do it again. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That's really, really cool. Mm -hmm. So we spoke a bit about your, your, your training routine, uh, throughout, uh, the off season and the, um, in season. Uh, so right now I'm guessing your, your training routine is still a bit on your off or you're starting to turn into more of your in season because you have that every so. so like basically last week I had a bigger week, like one of the biggest weeks I've had since, uh, since the, the last marathon I did, so I was able to do like, I guess say 130K. I had two bigger workouts yeah. oh. and then a long run, two hour long run. So we're starting to get back in. And then this week is like a recovery week. So I'll still have two workouts, a long run, a little less mileage this week, mileage this week. And then next week I will definitely get back, back in. Back next week it'll, it'll be, my coach told me it'll be okay. Now we're okay. starting to train for the half. So cool. Yeah. Awesome. That's really cool. So we, we mentioned the fit bitch a couple of times mm -hmm. in the episode. How, what, what does it mean? Who would, what, explain it to us. Yeah. So for me, the fit bitch, um, it was funny because my coach actually came up with it. Okay. Uh, I guess having known me and, and, and for years and he doesn't think I'm a bitch, but <laughs> it was just, uh, it was, he's like, it's a thing. And I was like, okay. And then it just stuck. And then it was just like fit bitch and we, and, we, and it stuck and it was for fun. But what I do like about it and the reason why I will hashtag it is because I think uh, it doesn't mean it doesn't, I think it's just like empowering for women. And I don't think it necessarily means that you have to be a bitch, but I think it, yeah, I think you should be able to, um, to be competitive and for it not to be a negative thing. Often we think only men should be uh, rewarded for being competitive, but women can as well. Yeah, right. Exactly. And it's okay for women to be competitive. We shouldn't shy away from it. And we can be friends, you know, yes. like I am friends with my competitors exactly. and we're friends off the start line. Off. But then once we get on the start line and I still help out my competitors <laughs> during the race, there's a picture of me helping out my, my other Canadian teammate in the marathon yeah. passing water, but still it is okay to be competitive. And, uh, 
as long as, as uh, you know, you do it the right way. And there's different ways of being competitive. You can be competitive with yourself. You can be competitive against others during the race, but just finding that balance of, of still being able to, you know, uh, be a nice person is still important, but also the fit bitch thing. I think it's also to just prioritize yourself. Often yeah, people yeah. find themselves, uh, just giving them saying yes to a lot of things, but just really prioritizing your own fitness and your own health is really important. I think yeah. for a lot of people and, uh, knowing when to say no and just doing something for yourself is, is for really sure. important. So, sure. uh, yeah, I think, uh, I like the, the fit bitch uh, hashtag and uh, yeah, I think it definitely should be, uh, <laughs> it should be looked at in a positive way, yeah, not, not sure. in a mean, no, no. negative, a malicious way. 100% yeah. is a positive yeah. way for sure. <laughs> a question for you. So where we live, obviously in Montreal and uh, it gets cold in the winter. Yes. Yes. So, uh, and I just realized you said January, Houston and all that. So <laughs> that means you're going through a crazy training session mm. through the winter. How yeah. How are you gonna do it? Yeah. Well, I I I don't mind the cold. I'm I'm fine with the cold. But like I, I know a lot of people that they can't go more than an hour out there in the cold. Right. Well, so if you have yeah. To do your For me, it's not the length of time that's the issue because once you're moving and once the thing is, yes, it does get uncomfortable if you start sweating and then yeah, you stop exactly. moving and then you have that cold sweat. So the idea is just to keep moving. That's really important. Um, the hard part is sometimes getting the quality sessions in, yeah. uh, because sometimes the surface, like last winter was really hard because it just, our weather was so unstable. It would rain one day yeah, and then it, it really would get like, cold. So we had sure. a lot of ice. So just trying to find a couple places and it gets boring and makes you tougher. Uh, but just trying to find a couple places where they, there are some good footing. So yeah. we go up to Summit Circle, yeah. the 2.2, 2.5K loop um, in Westmount. We go up there a lot. I have some loops around my house, uh, around Ilbizard that are yeah. usually pretty well cleared. Um, so yeah, in general, just finding a couple of places. Don't be, don't shy away from the treadmill. If you need to use a treadmill, use yeah. it. It's better than nothing. It'll, it's like just put your, your incline up to one and uh, try to replicate a workout on that. Uh, I do, um, if I didn't have to do spring marathons, I probably wouldn't. I do always a fall marathon. Okay. What I would probably do if I wasn't trying, if I wasn't trying to chase this 229.30, I'd probably focus on shorter distances in the, in the spring and, and summer. So over the winter, just focus on shorter stuff. And then in the summer, do all my, my mileage and all my, well, all my training for the marathon for a fall marathon. So that's the way I would do it. But since I'm really a pure marathoner now and I'm, it seems like I'm doing two a year, yeah. then I do try to use all my vacation to go away for a month in oh, the winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I go sure. away for a month and I do a training camp and uh, it is a luxury that I have. Like a lot of people can't take a month to go and train at altitude for a month, but I yeah. will do that. And, and I prioritize that because if I want to run a good marathon, I know I need some quality sessions. And yeah. so I will try to get away um, so I do get to altitude usually once a month in, in the winter. Um, where do usually, you go? Yeah, where do you go usually? Uh, I've been going to Flagstaff oh, nice. usually in Beautiful. Arizona. Yeah. It's very nice there. Yeah. I've been to Park City once and then we've, I went to St. Moritz too. But uh, generally like in the winters, I'll go over to Flagstaff. It is it is cold there too though. That's yeah. the problem. It does snow, yeah. but it's, it, it it's melts not, very it's, quickly. It's, it's not Montreal cold. <laughs> yeah, it's not Montreal and it melts very quickly. So. Yeah. In general, like um, my recommendation for people that would run uh, in the winter is just really get some good quality gear. gear. For sure. Lululemon has really good gear, but yeah. uh, 
I would say don't shy away from the treadmill. Indoor tracks are good too for yeah. some of the shorter speeder, like just to keep your speed in. And then you could do most of all your easy running outside. That's yeah. fine. It's just to get in some of the quality workouts. I would say, uh, get up, don't shy away from the treadmill. Krista Duchenne, she had, she had a, she runs a two twenty eight, or she did, uh, and she does a lot of her work on the treadmill. Um, and uh, indoor tracks, as long as you're not overusing them, like yeah. they, they can be good for the shorter, faster stuff that you need to get in. So. Cool, cool. So a segment that we have on the, the show is the three tip segment. Uh, so this is usually what, at the end of the show, so we're getting closer to the end now. But mm -hmm. uh, it's basically three tips that you could give the audience uh, on anything, on becoming healthy, on running, on whatever you want. So mm -hmm. it's free-for-all for you, just three tips that you could give the audience. Be well, it's just to make them become the best selves that they can be. So what would mm -hmm. be your, your three tips for, for the audience? Well, for me, like, if I, if it comes, if it's for running and performing, uh, my tips would be, number one, find a running coach. Okay. Um, it's hard to be objective when it comes, when it comes to your own running, yeah. uh, or whatever type of sport you want to do. So we all tend to be overly emotional or maybe work too hard or maybe not enough, depending on who you are. It's yeah. good to have a coach to either motivate you or to keep you. Well, in anything, right? So you, like you just said, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be running. So anybody out there, if you're not a runner and you're a yeah. weightlifter or whatever, get yourself a coach. Get a coach or, or someone yeah. to, to help you, uh, guide you through the process of improvement. So that, and then uh, number two is to find a team. Uh, okay. I would say a group of like-minded people. Like I, I definitely think it's motivating to, especially in the winter, yeah. to, to have people to go out and grind it out with. Because sure. uh, sometimes on, you know, especially in November, it gets dark at like 4 p.m. Yeah. Now we're going to go to a workout on Monday, like tonight. Uh, yeah, we have our workouts together. It's going to be cold. And so it's nice to have a group of people For sure. to go out and do it with. So For find sure. a group. And then the, when it comes to running, um, well, obviously I, I feel more comfortable talking about that, but no, definitely the philosophy that my coach always says is run more, mainly easy, rest up. So that's his philosophy on, run, on to run, how to improve, easy, rest up. up. So if you want to improve, what you can do is firstly just run more and obviously find a coach to help you do that. Yeah. Two, uh, mainly easy. So you don't go out and hammer every single run that you do. And number three, rest up. So really focus on the on the recovery if it's important. Yeah, because running sure. is a hard sport. It's hard on your body. Yeah. It's a lot of impact. So uh, it's important to get in the good recovery. Do you believe in the um, that rule, that 10% volume rule per mm -hmm. week or whatever it is? I, I think it's probably good. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, if you're starting off and you start off at, I don't know, like how much do people run? uh 25k yeah a week. let's say 25 and then you add on 2.5 to your long run every week that, that yeah that that's sounds that sounds doable, doable. yeah sure. yeah yeah see i didn't do that i just went straight up <laughs> no i'm fine i'm okay but yeah like some exception to the rule like yeah like well yeah it might be a little bit conservative yeah like i think you could probably do a little bit more than well, that like you, but... when you when your weeks get higher up in the mm -hmm. running well how like what's the difference between the weeks? So yeah, because like ten percent for me is like if I'm running a hundred k a week, ten yeah, percent an extra ten k. But I don't go up by ten percent a week. I, my body is able to handle That's what I'm saying, a right? little bit more because I've been doing it for years. Yeah, and also so, the, the the fitness that you're yeah, your level of fitness. I've been doing it for years. So world. yeah, like when we were running on the together for the little eleven <laughs> show, <I was> like. <laughs> She just went up the hill. Like, okay, Jennifer, let's go. Like, take your seatbelt. Let's do this. Don't try to be. <laughs> <laughs> don't try to. Don't try to show up because she's gonna start getting heavier. 
Awesome. So, um, where would be people? Where would where would people be able to to find you on uh, social media? What would be the best? So uh, I'm Mel Myran. Uh, so M E L M Y R A N D. Uh, and then, yeah, that's my Instagram. I'm on Twitter, not too much. I mainly just go there to look for articles, and okay. uh, if I retweet something, it's because it's something I probably want to read later. It's not because <laughs> I'm actually trying to share it. And then, <laughs> but I'm on Facebook as well, so Melanie Myrand as well. So I usually, uh, I do most of my stuff on Instagram, but some yeah. stuff on Facebook as well. Some things are more fun to share on on Facebook. It depends. Yeah, cool. Those are my two spots. Cool. Yeah. So uh, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. It was awesome. It was really cool to see. Like I knew you were uh, really into running, but it was really cool to see that I started from such a young age in yeah. elementary school, right? A lot of people say, oh, I'm more in my high school years and all that, but really from, from when you were really a young kid and you were just running for fun mm -hmm. to, to now running crazy marathons around the world is just mm -hmm. crazy. And not chasing the 229.3, like you mentioned, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be uh, awesome. And I know you have it in the bag, so Thank you. I can't wait to I can't wait to see that Instagram post saying yeah. I did it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I just want to say thank you. I don't know if you have any final words that you want to promote or your whatever mm -hmm. anything. No, but thank you for having me. It's always great to share my story to a new audience. Yeah. and uh, yeah. Awesome. If there's any questions, people can reach out. For sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. So awesome. So everybody out there, just keep living strong. If you guys like this episode of the Living Strong podcast. Don't forget to like, comment, and share wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It will help us out so much. Thank you and keep living strong. Thank you for listening and being part of the Living Strong Podcast. Till next time, keep living strong.